This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn with me, Dashran Johan. A group of activists have come together to launch a movement called Tolak Kerajaan Gagal. They plan on touring the country, explaining the flaws and failings of, the, of Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakobs and his administration ahead of the next general election. So joining me on the show to discuss this are some of the key figures of the movement, Shami Shamsuddin, who's a spokesperson at Secretariat Tolak Kerajaan Gagal, and Kira Yusri, uh, you may know her, she's the co-founder of Undi18. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Dashran, for having us again. Thank you, Dashran, for having us and having me, especially as a spokesperson to this conversation. Shami, let me start with you. What is the inspiration behind this movement? So the inspiration is that the people itself, to see the current condition where a lot of issues that are important to the people, but being swept under the carpet, triggers this movement. To see how issues such as the Sulu claims towards the patronage asset, where our MPs are not allowed to give talk about it in our day one right yet, uh, inflation issues and also the citizenship issues of a child. So this is where we see we are lacking of conversation in it and we need to start talking about it. So the secretary approach is that we are planning to go touring around the country, as you mentioned, and trying to ensure that the ordinary people itself that live outside the Klang Valley to know these issues. So we are not trying to centralize our movement in Lebah Klang, but to see that other people outside the Lebah Klang, especially for those in East Malaysia, to know about the failure of this government. And that is uh, our message uh, currently. Yeah. Right. And Shami, in your press statement, um, you invite the Rakyat to be part of this, and I quote, campaign Besar Besaran. Um, what exactly is this campaign and how is it different from, let's say, protests um, that have been happening in the past, especially over the past two to three years? Our campaign is focusing not only for protests, but only but we are focusing on explaining to the people about our message and the cause of the movement. Uh, we see that um, currently, after the post-PRE14 uh, or GE14, there is lacking of conversation inside the people's uh, spectrum about how the government uh, run. And also, we have seen a lot of failure happen, but it's, it's not being discussed to the people. Yes, of course, in Twitter, in Instagram and Facebook, uh, these are the, we call the bubbles that talk about politics. But if we, we go outside uh, to the pasar and also uh, to the ordinary people outside, they are not talking about it. So we are trying to go to the ground and explain to them by, by mean explain, do the trauma forums and also maybe like ask directly to them about the failure of the government and to tell them that they need to act. I think fundamentally at its core, I see this as sort of a different way to do voter engagement as well. Because leading up to the next general election, you will have a lot of new voters, not just young voters, but voters who were not registered before and are now voters thanks to automatic voter registration. So they need to understand the consequences of elections, the consequences of their vote. And I think, um, you know, sometimes just learning from the past few years, not everyone will attend workshops or seminars or webinars anymore. So one of the conversations that the Secretariat have had is that what are some direct action activities that we can do to sort of engage the public, you know, and then we don't just talk about issues, 
but also emphasize and highlight the importance of freedom of assembly, freedom of expression through the direction that we are proposing to do. And I think that's what makes this different from previous protests. Um, and not just the fact that it's not just held Kuala Lumpur anymore as compared to, I think, last year's Lawan, which mm-hmm. was, you know, um, I think we had one or two actions in Sabah. Uh, but primarily, it was unfortunately only held in KL. And we had many, many feedback of, you know, uh, folks from other places saying that they want to be a part of it. They want to um, learn and they want to also highlight, especially uh, contextualized issues from their area. So this is our effort to, uh, one, uh, not just decentralized, but making uh, civic engagement a little bit more accessible for uh, the regular Malaysian. Right. And Kira, in, in your opinion, right, what are yep. some, because this, uh, it's called, this movement is called Tolak Kerajaan Gagal. Um, yep. In your opinion, what are some of the ways um, the Ismail Sabri-led government has underperformed or, or failed to deliver? I think in many, many aspects, for sure. I think if you refer to our press statement, we actually have, you know, a whole laundry list subdivided by categories and themes of where we think uh, the Prime Minister's, this especially Ismail Sabri's administration has failed. But more importantly, I think uh, on the issues for young people, the, you know, our dignity and our right to, you know, to life has been really affected by, I think over the recent few months, uh, the crackdown and the clampdown on freedom of assembly uh, especially for young people, you know, I think Shahmi's colleagues, uh, you know, from U- UIA, you know, all these universities have been like not just harassed and intimidated by the police for just, you know, having a random speaker's corner at Pasasini, but they're also getting charged in court uh, for speaking up about issues. And I think, you know, uh, I don't remember exactly when was the last time the Peaceful Assembly Act has been used uh, to be to, 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 to charge someone. I think it's definitely like quite a long time ago, I think 2015 or something, you know, and I think it's really, really unfortunate because, you know, if you're talking about a government that supposedly cares about the people through its Gloria Malaysia campaigns and all that, you don't actually uh, walk the talk. And I think it's very disappointing. And I think when you look up, when you look in, uh, consider that, you know, we are going to general election, we want people to think about what kind of government do we actually want? What kind of administration do we actually want leading us uh, through the recession? You know, I think uh, for, for many youth groups, seeing how we demanded for the resignation of Tan Sri Mohidin, uh, and then we got Dr. Sri Ismail Sabri as a replacement, not necessarily the most ideal. And I think one year on, we have seen how again and again, uh, his administration, him and his team, has disappointed the country uh, when it comes to leading it and guiding us out through this crisis. Kira, you've been involved in many protests uh, over the past uh, couple of years, especially, Mm, and you've been mm. observing politics for many years. Do you think that our civic space um, during the Ismail Sabri administration, especially, has regressed, uh, has become smaller, that there's less room um, to to protest, uh, less room um, for for young people to express their opinions? Um, Because as experts have pointed out, um, you know, we are at a point these days where you know, even if you want to march to Dataran Merdeka, they may allow you to gather, but then you can't march. You can't negotiate yep. with the police officers, yep. so on and so forth. What are your thoughts? I think on that end, we are pretty consistent <laughs> <laughs> with uh, the previous uh, Prime Minister, if we right. were to compare, lah, right, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, of course, if we were to compare the space as to uh, during the days of bursting and all that, um, it has been significantly different. But I think we also have to bear in mind that, you know, uh, especially in the last five years, it is a new generation of activists that are coming up, taking inspiration from past protests and past lessons, and we are learning to navigate this new space that we have. 
you know, I think ever since, of course, uh, uh, we changed administration, changed government in 2018. Uh, and of course, until today, until like two weeks ago, we've never seen, you know, actual legal action being taken against people who participated in protests. And it's, it's very uh, uh, bizarre that, you know, under the Ismail Sabri's government, that this is something that he chooses to do. Right. Whether we have uh, improved or, you know, more or less freedom and things like that, I think it really depends on um, uh, what that means, right? I think Swaram has recorded again and again amount of times laws like CM two three three CMA uh, Sedition Act PAA has been used on act and not just activists actually, but just regular people. Um, right. you know, especially for what they say online, I think in that sense and in that context, I, we are not improving at all, right? Because you know you you have people who are like probably double, triple checking and checking themselves whether, you know, they're very worried about what they say could get them in trouble. I think there have been a case where, um, you know, a, a man was even uh, arrested and, and, and had to stay locked up for just questioning the Mice Jatra app That's and right. who were the contractors behind it. Right. So in that sense, you know, when regular people are speaking out about issues, our, you know, the government's response is to arrest, uh, to question, uh, to intimidate. I don't think, you know, our freedom of speech or assembly has actually improved much over the years. I think the intimidation tactics have changed. That's all. Shami, I want to get your thoughts as well. Um, what are some of yeah. the ways you think the Ismail Sabri government has underperformed? Yeah, I think um, as we mentioned and echoed by Kira itself, uh, for me as a student, I think uh, from the perspective of um, how Ismail Sabri underperformed, we see that one of the issues is about the student uh, Auku drafting, right. the new drafting. So as my colleagues uh, Alif and being charged in court, uh, we see how the student might not be participating in politics anymore after this new uh, draft will be regulated. For now, I see that as a student, it is very important for us to fight this, uh, the draft, because if this draft is being regulated and being is being done, it will cause our youth itself the problem, especially right. for those who enter the university. And it's a very regressive movement mm -hmm. after a post UD18 enactment. So this is where I see the government fail to express about the youth in politics. Yeah. Shami, do you also yeah. on that same note feel that um, the youths are rising up in that sense compared to, let's say, uh, five years ago. Because you are a student right now, do you see a lot more engagement among your, your friends? Not just your friends who are on Twitter necessarily, but just students, uh, student bodies at large, um, conversations among your, your friends and things like that. Are they becoming more politically engaged? All right. To, to, to say that my friends and my the circle is politically engaged, yes. But to say that they participate in the political party or electoral political, it's not. Hmm. So our youth are now actually more engaged and more knowledgeable about politics, but they actually quite frustrated with the political party, the politicians, to see how they keep doing all the promises that are not being done. So yes, I do believe that my friends and so my colleagues actually more engaged in politics, but not to say that they want to enter the political party. So this is where we see that might cause a problem in the next general election. Because if they are engaged in politics, but they are not doing like 
they will not go voting they say they might say that if i go vote then what is the value of my vote because all the politician might do all the same things so this is the problem we need to spark the conversation that their vote is matter and for example yesterday we see how like uh, najib tunazak has been sent to the jail it is because the power of people because if people are not voting in 2018 this uh, corrupt this corrupt uh, or corruption might not be shown by the government kira what is your observation uh, do you think youths are becoming more politically engaged because um for the first time in a long time we are we are starting to see a more and more mahasiswa movements um you know yeah. movements coming directly out of universities which is something completely unheard of in malaysia over the past 10 years 15 mm. years um perhaps yeah. since the post mahadev in, in the mahadev's first tenure yeah. many years ago um, what is your take on that i think um <clears throat> uh, shami mentioned that there have been rumors and actually even a formal engagement to relook at the guidelines under alku but okay. ever since the pakatan harapan administration came on they've amended parts of alku to allow youth to be politically active but what that means is that you know it's not just about them joining political parties but it's really allowing the space for them to discuss and question and debate uh, on political matters without fear so um i i mean of course i didn't i don't have like empirical data yeah. of like how many youth yes. actually join political parties but just by observing uh the trends of young people um actions the past two years are uh, not just in terms of protests but like the amount of social media advocacy that young people have pushed forward uh on matters of gender equality matters of police reform matters of environment especially is really really inspiring because then you see that young people are choosing to use their um you know their, their freedom to advocate on issues they care about and not just uh focus their politics around cult personalities yeah. so i think that's very different from um i think maybe uh people my generation and your generation right. where we grew up in the midst of alku where everything you you know you're not allowed to question anything at all yep. um you know you it's a very refreshing take on what political and more importantly political advocacy is about um so you know while maybe we don't see a huge largely a huge interest to be partisan um a lot of young people are vocal and a lot of young people are very uh um transparent about the stance that they're taking and they're very open to being challenged and being debated on these ideas and that's something that we need to sort of cultivate towards general election because you don't want people to be voting just based on who they like as um prime minister or who they like as the mp we want young people to actually represent a rational voice in the electorate to actually demand for better and you know just coherent policy ideas uh from their candidates instead of just saying Oh, I'm voting for this party just because uh, that's that's all I've ever known about my life. On the show with me today is Shami Shamsuddin, spokesperson of Secretariat Tolak Kerajaan Gagal, and Kira Yusri, co-founder of Undi 18. After the break, I asked them what are the demands of this movement, what changes they'd like to see. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Shami Shamsuddin. He's the spokesperson of Secretariat Tolak Kerajaan Gagal and Kira Yusri, co-founder of Undi 18. And we're discussing a new movement they've launched called Tolak Kerajaan Gagal. So, 
we we talk about you know this whole tolak kerajaan uh, gagal movement mm. um but on the flip side is there anything that the Ismail Sabri administration has done right for example many uh-huh. have many have praised Khairi Jamaluddin um the ministry mm. of health um who has helmed the the ministry of health and people have said you know he's he's trying to push for a lot of radical changes and and things like that um is there anything you can give credit to the Ismail Sabri government i think what we can give credit for is the fact that they agreed to enter in an MOU with the opposition. You know, an MOU that ensured and bargained for uh, constituency development funds, which is something that, you know, it's ridiculous that we don't have uh, equal CDF uh, and you needed like, you know, a political negotiation uh, to not topple the government to do that. Uh, and of course, I think if we look at certain reforms that have been successfully pushed in parliament uh, there are key uh, such as the anti-hopping bill and I think uh, there is a discussion of a political financing bill being tabled soon as well but we have to remember that all of these reforms have been discussed ever since the PH administration and even the BN administration before that as well I think what Ismail Sabri is doing and I think he realizes this as well is that now is the best time to push for these Uh, reform because then you know you have like even the activists supporting uh, okay okay we cannot go against these progressive reforms uh, because you know it is actually beneficial right and I think uh, for this example of Ministry of Health I think many people did eventually praise the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines but again there were many questions raised about my sejahtera how it's uh, you know how who actually contracted to to build the app and eventually own the app and eventually own the personal data that the government has promised will not be exploited. But then again, you know, uh, for KG as a minister, if you see his track record in parliament and passing reforms compared to other ministers, especially, for example, Dr. Sri Wan Junaidi when pushing for laws, he has failed um, in that sense to push for two reforms uh, under, under you know, the name of public health, um, meaning GEG as well as the 342 Act. So in that context, when you have a government that claims to be very secure, be very stable, but at the same time, you are not able to engage opposition effectively, and then you blame them for politicizing things when they raise questions, I don't think that's a sign uh, of a government that, that you know, is genuine about working together. So we have to look at everything in context and not just look at the surface level. But okay, certain reforms are passed. It's a great government. You know, uh, we have abolished certain things. It's a great government. We're taken care of. But the reality is that despite all this happening, prices of goods are still rising. People are still suffering. Students are getting intimidated, suspended, getting charged in court. Uh, regular people still live day to day in fear and in concern uh, and concerned about their own safety and their own um, dignity of life. So Shami, what are your demands? What are you hoping to achieve from the movement? The goal for the Secretariat is that to send the message to the people. That is, um, like Kira said, it is not a centralized movement in Lembah Klang. Mm-hmm. So we see that, uh, we discussed in the Secretariat, we see that previous uh, protests or previous action is basically mostly uh, being held in Lembah Klang. So our goal is that we need to penetrate the rural areas and also the East Malaysia because this part of a nation or I think the states have their own issues. So if we go down there and we talk about the issue, talk to the rural peoples at the kampongs and also like 
to the old generation and they will know the message and they will have um, their thoughts because in the end, we want them to actually speak and talk about it and not only being controlled by the government, but to have a choice, to have a choice to, I think, to pick whether uh, this government is a good government or they need to change the government uh, after the general election. So I think it is very important for us to not only do the protest, not to say mm -hmm. that the protest is not good, but uh, we need to send the message about why we are doing the protest. Right. So these are the demands and these are the things that we are pushing for. So I think uh, that is our goal, to penetrate the rural areas and also the part of that we never uh, explore to. And what can people do to support this movement? And perhaps you can also tell me, like, what are your upcoming um, um, sort of events? As I understand, y'all will be giving charamas in, in various locations. Where are y'all going to be holding these, these charamas next? And, and what can people expect? All right. I, I think I can uh, announce it uh, now because yesterday <laughs> we have uh, blasted in our social media um, this coming uh, this coming Thursday, which is the 25th of August, we'll be conducting our first, uh, it is a collaboration between the Amana Youth uh, Political Party. So we'll be having a trauma uh, in Bandar Barubangi in several hotspot area. So this will be joining by our secretary itself and several political party youth uh, wing and also the student movement. So we'll not only give drama, but we'll give uh, the explanation one to hand to the people and giving flyers. And these are our first program. And I might say that if people want to support this movement is that they have to go to this program, but not only physically, our campaign is being done in social media because we see that social media can drive people, uh, people thoughts and people messaging. So try to actually put yourself, if you're not, if you cannot participate physically, try to support us in social media. And I think um, the long-term plan ideally is to, again, uh, move out to different areas, different states. So some of the places that, you know, we've sort of shortlisted, we want to go to is like, you know, all the way even to Perlis, uh, Perak, Johor. Um, because again, it's, you know, issues in Klang Valley are not representative of the overall Malaysian issues. Right. So we have to uh, put in the effort and the investment to actually commit to this jelajah that we are planning. Um, otherwise, you know, it becomes a, a very small bubble. Um, so that's the goal, actually. Uh, you know, and I think besides uh, what Shami said of like coming out, uh, turn out, turning up in the numbers and turning out online, I think another way that we would really appreciate support is uh, whatever resources that are available. You know, we're a group of young people that wants to that has big dreams of educating the country. Um, we appreciate any support possible. At the moment, you know, we're uh, focusing on things like crowdfunding and just really pooling our own resources to ensure that you know we have. Um, we are able to, to commit to these activities, but any other form of, I think, support or offers would be really, really appreciated. Anything they can just reach out to the Secretariat uh, for um, if, if anyone's interested to contribute. Right. In terms of manpower, um, expertise, uh, we always need more people, even volunteers to, uh, to just work on um, and, and work with us. So I think that's something that we'll do and, and, and I think uh, focus on moving forward as well. 
And Kira, earlier Shami brought up um, the the verdict or the the federal court verdict involving uh, former Prime Minister Najib Razak. What are your thoughts, you know, on the decision by the federal court to uphold <laughs> the guilty verdict of the SRC trial? Um, mm. What are your thoughts on yesterday's verdict, especially in light of, you know, the conversations that we have had many times in the past, you know, um, youth disenfranchisement, um, people feeling yeah, yeah. hopelessness, um, the lack of trust in institutions <laughs> and, and things like that. So um, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you think yesterday's verdict um, sort of changes things? For sure. I think um, the fact that the court upheld the initial judgment and I think just the the fact that we can actually see Najib go to jail is, is a celebration for many and for many, many people, uh, activists, um, you know, especially from the Bursic era, student activists back then, it's a significant milestone in their struggles, in their journey. And um, I think Najib going to jail doesn't just represent the integrity of our judiciary, but it also sends a very strong signal that if we didn't come out and vote for change in 2018, this man would have still been our prime minister. Right. There's no, you know, we shouldn't have illusions otherwise, right? It's not about voting in a new government, et cetera, et cetera, but it's holding our leaders accountable to their actions. Seven or eight years after the first tangkap, a Najib rally. Right. We finally see Najib going to jail. You know, it's 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 so surreal to 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 uh, process this information, but I think it sends a very strong signal to many young people out there that change may be slow, but if we persevere, it will happen. And just because it's slow, we cannot give up and we cannot be apathetic towards what's around us. You know, Najib is the first. I think, uh, you know, in, in a hopefully a long line of, of Malaysia finally seeing our corrupted leaders being held accountable. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's, it's something to celebrate. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, parents, educators, activists, advocates do not forget this moment in our history and use it as an opportunity to educate the future generation of what accountability looks like when it comes to um, our elected leaders. All right. Before we wrap this conversation up, um, would each of y'all have a final message for us? Um, Shami? I would say that our movement, the Tolak Kerajaan Gagal movement is the movement not only to fight the government, but to enlighten the people about the, the current situation that we are having. That people are really suffering. People need to have an option. People need to know what the failures are. So we are really hoping that people uh, actually do the right thing and rationally. Uh, and this movement that we are trying to do is not the movement that we call that the Bangsa Bubble movement or so, <laughs> so what. But this is the movement of the people. So we are trying to get the people itself to support the movement, especially uh, my, my, the Mahasiswa that we see are trying to push uh, their, their voice. So Ooh. we are hoping that these people are with us and will be with us until uh, the movement uh, go. All right. Right. Kira? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Shami has put it very well already, but I think my message is that I don't want people to forget the meaningfulness of elections. 
um, a lot of things that we are doing under the Secretariat is to really drive people to build that hype and build the energy and, and, and hope that change is possible despite what has happened since Charitan Move. Um, you know, we need people to remember that voting matters. Um, not the be-all, end-all, but it matters. It has to start from voting. And with Undi 18 and automatic voter registration in place, all the more reason for us to galvanize as many Malaysians as possible to understand the consequences of their vote. And that's the fundamental message of the Secretariat, even though it has a very uh, catchy title, uh, a name <laughs> attached to it. But the focus and uh, the intention is very clear. It is engaging the rakyat. It is getting people to speak up on their issues and their concerns. And it's about demanding accountability. So these three things um, is something that I hope people don't forget uh, when, it, when you see activists, young activists speaking up about issues. We're not doing this because it's fun. We're not doing this because we want attention. We're doing this because it's really important and it matters to our livelihood. We have to emphasize that this movement is a youth-led movement. It is a youth-led mm. movement that really emphasizes how uh, youth can organize something for the nation. So right. these are the hope for the future. So I think that is very uh, fundamental to emphasize. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. That was Shami Shamsuddin, spokesperson of Secretariat's Tolak Krajan Gagal and Kira Yusri, who's a co-founder of Undi18. If you missed any part of the conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.